Welcome to the 19.9 Podcast. I'm Aaron Meyer. My co-host is Josh Barnett, one of the owners of 19.9. As a duo, we are the High Volume Shooters, or HVS. You can find our blog under HVS on the 19.9 website, along with retro college apparel connected to the storied history of some of the most memorable college teams of all time. Let's get started with Fish. What's going on, Josh? What's up, sir? Well, it is the end of summer, and the perfect topic for the end of summer is playground basketball. Yes, sir. Near and dear to my heart. So I wanted to throw it to you and just kind of get opening statement. You said near and dear to your heart. Why? Well, so I was driving. Actually, today I made it a point to drive past golf more the park I used to play at. Drove past there three different times, man. This was like prime time, playing time for us when we were growing up uh, before basketball season, into football season. None of us were really football players, the group that I played ball with. And so we were always at Golfmore right after school, and I knew we were doing this podcast tonight. And so I drove past there uh, just right after school and a couple times a little bit later on in the day just to see if anybody was up there hooping at golf more. <laughs> you got out? man. Not yeah. a single goddamn person. <laughs> <laughs> so somebody loves playing around and pick up basketball as you'll as you'll hear through this uh podcast. You'll uh You'll see my passion for it. That's that's a killer, and and I've been past there all day, and uh, I mean uh, all summer in the last shit several summers too, and I just don't see anybody playing up there like we used to play, and it it, it just makes me sad. So I ask you: is the is the playground game dead, or are we just getting old and we don't know the times that people play anymore? Is it still happening out there? Well, it's both, but I think maybe it's mostly dead in the United States. And I think there's a pretty simple reason for it. Uh, and it's just two letters, AC. And I think that once every gym in the country got air conditioning, there was really no reason to go outside and play ball anymore. I, I remember You're gonna going make up. You're going to mad, man. You're going to make me mad. But think about it. When I was growing up and when you're growing up, I guarantee every high school gym that you played in even if it was pickup or uh, summer runs with your high school team, none of them had air conditioning, and they were the sweatiest, most disgusting places in the world. And you go outside and you got a breeze and all kinds of things, and now every one of those places is air conditioned. Why would you go outside? I think it's buddy ball, man. That's what I think. I think more so than the AC. I think it, it's, it's this ushered-in era of buddy ball. Was that what like with uh, AAU and all that? Absolutely. I don't think people want to get out there and compete like on the blacktop anymore. I just, I just don't. I, I think you see it. You see it at our school with our kids. Our kids don't really compete. You, you more or less yeah. team up with your buddies to run people that are uh, smaller and, and worse than you. Nobody really goes heads <laughs> up against best of the best, mano y mano, 
you know, I, I feel like it's the buddy ball, man. I really do. I, I think that's a huge part of it. Yeah. You also have a more uncontrolled element at the park and just some different etiquettes at the park that maybe have the current generation has grown out of. I mean, think about even parks in general. Like we used to go to the park on our own, or at least I did. And kids don't really even do that anymore. Yeah, I know. And, and a lot of that, some of that, I mean, I have young kids to three under the age of 10. And some of that is, is obviously security and safety and stuff. But like, I want my boys to go play at golf more, but we just live right down the street from there now anyways. But if my dad and my mom was super protective and all that stuff too, and it was a little bit different era back then and age back then. Um, but man, if my dad like pushed me to those playgrounds and because he knew there were grown ass men up there playing, you know what I mean? And so coming in and, and he made me wait till I was an eighth grader. So it was basically my eighth grade summer going into my freshman year. And, uh, that's when I started going up there a lot. And then, and then that summer of my freshman year, uh, before football or when football season was going and stuff, that's when Wes kind of took me under his wing and we went up there every day after school. And then we met dudes from the other school. So modern day was like our rival school, but we had right. buddies that were at modern day. And so they just knew, and this is before the age of cell phones and stuff. I'm dating myself. No text messaging, <laughs> no text messaging. You know, if you had, to, if you want to talk to somebody, you had to call and go through their mom to get, get them on the phone. <laughs> but, uh, we just knew, like, listen, man, we're going to be there. Me and Wes will be there every day, 3 o'clock. You know the deal. It's a seven-game series. We'll play to 20, switch at 10. And, I mean, I still know this. I'm 39 years old, and I just back when I was 14, 15 years old. Still know it by heart. And losers buy the Cokes at the end. So we'd all go to a gas station at the end, and you'd have to either buy a Coke or a slushy or some shit at the, at the gas station. And, uh, and of course I won all the time cause I had West on my team. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, that, that reminds me that we used to, uh, shoot half court shots, uh, after the game too, for, for sodas too. Uh, and obviously the winners had to buy, we did snacks, the winner or the losers had to buy snacks, but I love it. I uh, love it. And that was back when like gas was like 99 cents and like, oh, <laughs> Bussies were like fifty cents, but it was the, it was the pride of winning. It, it had it nothing was. to do with what you got. Yeah. Um, but speaking of half court shots, I got a quick playground story for you since we're going to get into it. But this is one I don't even have written down on my sheet. But okay. I remember me and Wes, we used to, and I told you I would talk a lot about Wes on these, especially if we started talking about playground and golf more and all that stuff. But yeah. uh, Wes and I used to help Coach Adams up at rights at his uh, camps in the summer. You know, with the little kids. I don't even think Coach Adams knows this. So, Coach, if you're listening, I apologize. Uh, but uh, I don't think I've ever told him about this. I, I will tell him about it, though. So, anyway, we're up there and we're helping out. And he gets – you remember Wilson Jets, right? Of course. Wilson Jets were, like, the shit of all basketballs. I mean, like, that was legit. You had a Wilson Jet that you carried around to indoor basketball uh, places. Like, that was that was the money ball. So, anyways, Coach Adams had just gotten in like three racks of the of these Wilson Jets, and we had helped him all summer with the camps, or I think it's the first part of the summer, but whatever. And so at the end, he he gives us Wes and I a Wilson Jet, one of the fresh ones, like the brand new ones, like pulled the plastic off of it. Like, here, you guys, I know you guys, Real leather. Play, 
What's that? Real leather, too, I'm Real sure. Real leather, 100%. Wasn't that pleather stuff. So he says, this is it. You know, here here it is. I know you guys play all the time in summer. I know you guys play one-on-one. I know you guys, you know, you find a gym, you get into it. This is your ball. Just bring it back to me at the end of the summer. You guys can have this as your as your indoor ball. So we get in Wes's car, which was called the White Knight. It was like this white cutlass. It was awesome, but not awesome at the same time. And so we drive down to Howe, and we – don't we get down there and we realize we don't have another ball so we're at Howe, which is a, another park on the west side just kind of asphalt and so within 10 minutes of having this ball that bitch is on the playground again <laughs> god you destroyed it no it gets worse so then we get bored or we get hot i can't remember what it was so then we start shooting full court shots with this thing like throwing baseball heaves at the goal and then that turned into well can you punt it and hit the (laughs) and hit a full court shot and so then we couldn't hit hit it obviously kicking it so then we said okay listen it's uh, a dollar if you hit the backboard it's five dollars if you hit the rim and then it's 20 bucks if you if you would make one and i bet we kicked that ball back and forth probably 350 times so (laughs) So then we get back in his car. We're done with that, right? This thing's looking pretty beat up. And we get back in the car. We go to my house and play on my half court. And we get towards the end of one game. I can't. I don't remember much about it. I just remember he, him and I shot an air ball, and I lived on a hill. So this, this thing just ran down the bottom of the hill. And at the bottom of the hill, there was, like, this, like, woods. And one of us shot an air ball. The ball went all the way to the bottom of the hill. We both looked at each other, turned around, walked inside, never went and got that ball. That ball could still be down there. <laughs> I'm that sure it happened. is. It's got to be. That all happened within an hour and a half of getting that ball. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a kid thing to do. <laughs> so, again, that's why I apologize, Coach Adams, before I told the story. I'll, I'll apologize again. I'm sorry, Coach. I'll get the new. I'll get you a Wilson jet, man. You won't because they don't they're not the real leather ones anymore. You'll just be I know, I don't leather one. I'll, I'll get I'll get on eBay. I'll try to find a vintage one. Okay, before we get into more stories, I gotta know what your ba- your outdoor basketball etiquette in. You, you you named a couple of rules about what the winners or what the losers have to pay and just some of the way the scoring you know rules. So golf more golf more Golfmore was it pretty much for me. Um, I mean, we would travel around. Wes and I would travel around, and and some other guys, uh, Claiborne's and some other people would get in there and and travel around to play a different course. And I can't, but I can't really remember what it was and how it differentiated around the city as much because we spent so much time over Golfmore. But Golfmore um, was a short court, so the the uh, the free throw lines, the half courts, matched up against each other. So. Uh, there was no half court. It was just the top of the key up against the top of the key. So it was really short. You right. played four on four. So you either had to you either had to be a, an amazing slasher like Wes was, where he, he could just kind of knife through the lane. He was athletic, he could jump strong, and all that stuff. Or you had to be able to shoot from the outside, or you weren't you weren't really going to score. But there was one goal that led towards the woods, face towards the woods, um, or his back was to the woods, I should say. That was a little bit lower and a little bit friendlier. And then the goal that was towards the parking lot was like rock hard rim. So you got no rolls. So the strategy was if, if you got ball first or if you you got to choose whether you wanted ball or if you wanted uh, 
which way you wanted to go. And so the strategy there was don't take the ball first, take the goal, and you take the the rock hard goal for your first ten points. And and the strategy was keep it close during the first ten points, and you only played ones there, it's all ones. So keep it close in there, stay within three four points because then you were going to get the friendly bounce, the friendly 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 roll on the other goal. Um, and, uh, and you can make a comeback and, and you were in good shape there. So we played the 20 by ones and you switched at 10. Nice. How about anyway, you? Yeah. I, I think there's some basic things that, uh, I heard a story that, oh God, where was it? It was somewhere that Ray Allen was playing pickup and they asked him to, these guys asked him to jump in. And his first question was you hack. And I love that as a starting point for playground basketball because my first question should uh, that I should have asked is, is this going to be like fun basketball? Because playground could be the best, but if you got the wrong mix of people, it can just be a total train wreck where it's just like hacking and arguing and dudes playing in jeans and backwards that, hats. That's playground basketball, though. <laughs> that's what it's about, man. I mean – it, it is. And when you're a kid, it's different because you can show up every day. And I think that the etiquette I'm talking, thinking about, it's hard for me to differentiate between like what you were saying, like the ability to just show up at three with your buddy and it didn't matter because you could just play one-on-one or whatever. You just wanted to hoop. And like now where I just have to, I, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd go out. The last time I went outside and played, there was just like some weird sketchy characters and I just, I can see why people don't do it anymore. You know, listen, listen, I have, I've jotted down notes on four or five stories. Let me just, let me just give you a brief, brief synopsis on these guys. One of them involves a bow and arrow being pulled on somebody. One of them, uh, that same story is going to be verified by a dude called magic that we named magic. Wait. Yeah. There's a barefoot dude that I played against at how. There's a story at how involving a dude named Bud Boy, who nobody knows how he got that name. And then there's another story that involves a crackhead at Westman's Park playing pickup ball, too. So <laughs> everything that you just described, like all of my greatest playground stories revolve around that type. Those dudes. <laughs> right. That's what made it awesome. No, I know. I, I agree, but it's just uh, that's why when you said earlier, like, it's just a dip maybe it's just a different time you know i just i just don't know if it's like i wish i wish i could say there's a way to bring it back but i'm just not i'm not sure and i'm not talking you know i think i think uh maybe a little clarity on the aau and the buddy ball statement that i made earlier i mean i don't really expect those guys that are four and five stars that have college scholarships lined up and all that stuff and um, you know, those, those guys so much now is seen as uh, branding yourself and all of that and taking precautions to not get hurt. And I respect all that. Like if you're at that level, uh, you have to do what you have to do to, to protect the bag, so to speak. But, um, you know, for somebody like myself and I'm assuming for somebody like you, too, because I've seen. I've seen you. You look about like what I look like. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there, there wasn't no four or five stars behind our names. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. But for In you, my mind, for me to be a decent high school player, I would have never got there without Golfmore and without the playground. Like I had nothing to lose, I guess, 
is what I'm trying to say. And and there has to be kids out there like that now that that are decent players but could just get so much better by playing against the men that we played against. And the funny thing now is, like, we're the men now. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I just think there's, there's, there's such a kick connectivity with the playground. I might be going a little bit off topic here, but there's su- there was such a connectivity with the guys that I played up at Golfmore where they would try to beat your ass. They would try to rough you up. Um, you would get in some scuffles. Uh, I don't ever remember too many punches being thrown, especially with the high school kid and a, and a grown man up there. I don't think ever happened. Uh, but then those guys would always come to the rights games and watch that and watch Wes and I play and the Claymores play and some of the other guys, Bradfield, mm-hmm. would go up to Golfmore with us and play up there. And I always felt like they had a sense of pride in what we put out on the court because they knew they played with us all summer and they knew that what they were doing for us on the playground was helping us become better there. And then we were better for our high school and our high school was better for what these guys did for us at Golfmore. And we always didn't see eye to eye on stuff. And, and there were some hotly contested games, but I always felt like they took a great pride. And I'm, I'm almost sad that I'm missing out on that now because hmm. I'm still in good enough shape to go up there and play along with a lot of my buddies. And some of those guys that I, that I named earlier would love to go up there on a, a Sunday, you know, 10 to two and, and knock out a few games with some high school kids and just connect with these dudes. You know, and yeah. it, I just don't think it's there right now. Yeah, it's not. Well, let's let's switch because bring it back to the old school and uh, give, give me one of those stories, whichever one you want. I know the one I want to hear, but uh, you, you pick which one you want to lead with. Okay, so I told you guys I would tell you the bow and arrow story. Um, and I told you guys I would try to find somebody uh, before, before now and then um, – or then and now that would uh, verify my story because Wes unfortunately uh, passed away earlier. Like I'd said on the, the previous podcast, uh, I think I mentioned that anyways. And so he was, he was my backup. That was my guy that was there with me and, and we would laugh about it and all that stuff. And he could always reiterate and say, yeah, no, it's hundred percent true. Uh, but I did find my guy magic and, uh, and he verified it. Did you ever figure out how to, how yeah. to clip? The I don't audio? know. I can try to put it in later, or I've got the video up, and I can just try to play it. It might be a disaster. Yeah, don't uh, worry about that. Let's we'll try to clip it in later. All right, I'll put it um, in later. And then if not, we can upload it. Uh, we'll upload it to the blog and and, and push some people towards the podcast okay. with it or something too. So, anyways, I was eighth grader uh, up at Golfmore, eighth grade summer, and I was guarding the legend Chris Burfinger. And uh, anybody listening to this that played up at Golfmore knows who Burfinger is. The guy was just the goat. I mean, he was, he was the greatest dude uh, up there, period. Um, if you saw him now, he's, I mean, if you saw him then he's probably five, seven, uh, Fu man two cut off t-shirt. Oh uh, and th- I mean, I'm talking about this guy probably in on that short court. And I already described how the court was, I bet in a, in a day of ball, four hours of ball, that dude probably ran, 37 miles up on that short court like running you off screens and shit i mean the dude was just unbelievable left oh hand my God. right hand it, like his passes looked the same as a shot so you never even knew if he was passing <laughs> duty you had no idea one hand uh one foot he would run you know six seven eight feet past like on a reverse layup and so he would be i mean a good eight feet away and throw it behind his head off the backboard 
the dude could just give you the business. So, anyways, I'm guarding him. That's that's my point of telling the Chris Burfing story. But you can't talk about golf more without talking about Burf, man. Yeah. Uh, so I'm guarding him. And uh, my first run in with Burf was a couple of weeks earlier. We walk out there and Wes is like, "Hey, man, you got Burf." And I'm like, "Who the hell is Burf?" He's like, "That dude." And I look at Chris and I'm like, "Oh yeah, there's no problem here." And that guy proceeded to light my ass up. <laughs> <laughs> So now I'm on to his shit, though, and I'm on to him, and, and I'm in him. And uh, so we're sitting there, and it, it's getting heated. And uh, Magic actually knew the guy, the, the other guy that was in it. I thought it was a big dude named Dre, but he says a different name, um, and he would know because he's buddies with the guy. Uh, well, they're getting into it, and and there's some nasty screens being set, and uh, one guy hits another guy in the in the in the balls on the screen. When he comes in the screen, he just punches him, you know, below the belt, uh, and that led to Chuck. Chuck was the one that hit the guy in the balls, and then Chuck gets punched back of the head. Those guys, this, this is it. Now this has been going on for five, six, seven possessions now. You know where they're seeking each other out to set screens on each yeah. other. So Chuck just stops dead in his tracks. You know, game stops because a punch was thrown. And like I said, that was very, very, very rare uh, up at Golfmore. The I, I besides that time, I don't really think I ever saw it. It came close a lot, but never really <laughs> to that point. It's supposed to come close though. That's yeah, the whole always, point, right? Always, right? You belly up, and then people separate it, and then it's kind of like the kids when when we have to separate kids and stuff. It's, you kind of question like, eh, do they really want to fight? Probably not. <laughs> you know, what hold I mean? me back. Chuck stops dead in his tracks. Doesn't doesn't make a, a move. Just stops. Like literally Jesus. stops. And I'm like, damn, how did he like not react? <laughs> how did he not react? <laughs> like you see, people get punched. It's oh, all hell breaking. He literally stops, no emotion, turns on a dime, walks to his pickup truck. Pickup truck was in uh, the, the the first parking spot. I can remember it clear as day, reaches into the back of his thing. I thought he was getting a gun, honestly. I thought he was pulling out a shotgun Jesus. for sure. Were you frozen or running? The Me? Yeah. I was just standing next to Burf. I'm like, I'm standing next to the legend. No, nobody's hurting the legend up there. Like, and, and Burf knows all these dudes too. And then plus, like, Wes was like my idol, my role model, like everything. Yeah. You know, he's a classic, like older dude took the younger dude under his wing, and I thought he was just cool as shit. And if he wasn't running, my ass wasn't running he's either. Dead. I was gonna stay and do whatever Wes was gonna do. So I was reading Wes, and I was reading Burf, and I, I was looking at Chuck. And uh, he reaches in the back, and I'm like, I think it's got to be a shotgun, right? Everybody on the west side hunts except me. Uh, he's got to have a shotgun back there. Pulls out a bow and arrow. So I said, oh, shit, this is going to get interesting here because I've never seen anybody pull a bow and arrow on anybody, anybody else in my entire life, let alone during a pickup basketball game, Yeah. let alone – these dudes are in their like mid thirties to almost forty years old at, at this point. I mean, I'm talking about these dudes all have families and stuff. No doubt, <laughs> waiting for yeah. my own, right? I saw so, Magic on the on the video, and I'll verify that. I was like, dude, how how how, how old was he at the time? <laughs> Magic Magic Man was like thirty seven. He said yeah. when he stopped playing, and that was probably one of the six or seven times that I played with Magic up there before he he disappeared and and didn't play anymore. So it had to be in that, that age range there, you know, give or take a few years. Yep. And, uh, 
So he walks up to the big dude and he just puts puts the arrow in the end of the bow and loads it up and just puts the arrow in the back of this dude's neck and pulls the string back and uh, that guy didn't even react. Man, was just bent over, hunched over, had his uh, uh his hands on his knees, kind of like he was like tired, you know. And he just turns, he just shakes his head and looks at Chuck and he just says like, "What are you gonna do, man? You're gonna shoot me with a bow and arrow?" <laughs> I mean, that was it. Like, and everybody else just got frozen, just watching. Like, man, what is going on here? And, uh, and that was probably the right response at the time. No doubt, no doubt. And Chuck, so Chuck says, like, I don't give a shit. I'll shoot you. Like, I don't care. I'll, I'll shoot you. You're a lot bigger than me. I hear you punch me. I'll shoot you. He's like, I don't care. And so I'm saying, like, okay, well, maybe he is gonna. <laughs> maybe he will shoot him. Shit, I don't know. Oh, and uh, so then. Burf, who I'm guarding. Remember, I'm just an eighth grader. Like I, like I'm not old at all. I have no. I've never seen that. This is maybe like the tenth time I played up a golf more total at this point. And uh, and I don't think I even told my parents about this because I was afraid they'd never let me go back. <laughs> they would. But, uh, yeah, right. Like I would uh, as a parent now. Yeah. Um, so the 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 thing I remember the most, even more so than bow and arrow, was was Burfinger, who never says anything. I mean, he's really just a quiet dude, great dude, just a quiet dude. And he says, and Chuck was his best friend. He says, "Well, shit, Charlie, at least give him a running start." <laughs> <laughs> so then everybody laughs. It's over and then, at right? Point, as everybody, as he's saying that, people are moving towards Chuck, like, put the bow and arrow away. Goes, puts it back in his truck, game resumes. No. Oh, yeah. my God. Doesn't shut anything down, man. We played it out. Have oh no idea what happened after that. No idea who won. I know that those guys did not get in another fight or a squabble after that at all. Wow. We went and played, and that was that. Was that. Incredible, man. That's, That's it. That's my bow and arrow story. Well, dude, I think we're gonna we're gonna have to let's cut this into two parts because I think we're getting close to a good spot to uh, stop. But I want to get some uh, 199 uh, info here, so I think we're gonna call this the 199 minute because uh, this is a lot of the time when I'm finding out about some information, some stuff that's coming out. But I'm always excited to hear about what's coming up uh, or what I should be looking out for. Yeah, I, I want to tease a couple things. Uh, one, well, first of all, though, I, the the main question I'm getting is uh, when the restock for the shorts are coming. So a lot of people are waiting on Nova, uh, Marquette, uh, Michigan State shorts, um, so on and so forth. So those should be back in stock. They're starting to trickle in now. I've got a couple couple uh, pairs that just came in today. Um, so those are going to be trickling in this week and they'll be back up online uh next week um so you know depending on when we get this podcast out it might already be past that time but uh the restocks are coming we do have two big schools coming this fall uh, i just placed the order today for some two monsters i can't tell which oh, two but there, there's two monsters out there um and if, really you follow, <laughs> yeah, if you follow us on social media you probably picked up on on what two schools those are so those are coming and then we have two big collaborations coming up too this fall and winter um with uh, uh some people that are are well versed in the uh basketball community and also in the sneaker community so take take from that what you will i can't i can't give away all my secrets on this yeah thing. yeah plug your social media is what what should people be following yeah you know, what where are you most active 
I would say we're, we're for sure most active on Instagram. Um, so we're just at 99 on Instagram. And then Twitter, too, is at 99 underscore threads. Um, but we are by far the most active on uh, on our Instagram account. So uh, like us on there and follow us along. We'll drop some hints and stuff, and you'll get some uh, previews to some products coming up and all that stuff, Plus some plus some basketball history, some hardwood history on there, too. Perfect, man. I think we'll we'll stop it there. Uh, I love the story. I'll get uh, Magic Man in there with that audio, and we'll come back for part two. Get get a couple more of your stories, and I'll jump in there with uh, a few of my, my own. All right, man. Appreciate you. Thank you for listening to the Nineteen Nine Podcast with HVS, the high volume shooter. For more information, check out the blog at nineteen nine dot com under HVS. And while you're there, do yourself a favor and pick up some retro college shorts. Till next time.